Hey. hey. Wasabi doggies. Wasabi doggies. We just had... I, I'm going to stop saying that because I feel like people <laughs> don't like, necessarily know that we... So we record the intro after we recorded the full podcast so that we can kind of give a high-level overview of yeah. like things that we talked about. Mm-hmm. So we just recorded a podcast, but you're about to hear it. And we talked a lot about... Um, some business entrepreneurship, branding, branding, being intentional, music stuff, you know, the same boy, y'all know what to expect with your boys. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, um, hope you got some water, a drink and, uh, listen up. Enjoy the episode. Oh, and follow us on Instagram at convos with humans. Yeah. Yo, what's up, Truman? I'll fix this out a little bit. <laughs> so I'm not screaming in the mic the whole what, time. Uh, what's How you new? Doing? Honestly, guess what I'm thinking about? What? It's a word that has six letters. And it's also the name of a rapper. A um, trap. Trap rapper. Something that you probably don't usually listen to, but you know when you hear when you hear the word, you'll be like, "Oh, that's who you're. That's what you're thinking about." But I'm not thinking of the rapper, but the rapper's name is the same word. Um, Gucci. I think, I, nope. I think about this word a lot. Like what this word is. Um, where where where's the rapper from? <laughs> uh, Atlanta, I think. He's Atlanta in, in Atlanta. Young right? Thug. Think of. Uh, He's collaborated with Drake. I think, uh, yeah, I'm both. Who's the rapper? Future. Future. Okay. So F-U-T-U-R-E. Six letters. Think about the future. A couple specific things about the future. Mm-hmm. I'm curious about the future. But I was just over. I? I was just over at my parents' house, and my little brother, who's like oh, 13, just bought one of those Oculus headsets. Yeah. Like that. How much are those going for? I think like 300 bucks, something like that. And I haven't used his before, like that specific one. I've had like a couple VR experiences, but never like fully, I guess. Like most was from like Cody from Slingshot VR. Yeah, yeah. Like when we Shout went to their Cody. place and he like let us put it on for a little bit and test it out. And dude, as soon as I put it on, it's like literally feels like you're in a whole nother world. Mm-hmm. Like you like look around, you're like in the mountains, in like a dome. And it makes me think of like the future of like decentralized working and digital workspaces, creating like a digital like remote work. Yeah, re- yeah, remote work. Yeah. And like, I just like imagine like, 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 I find I'm saying like a lot. My communications teacher would smack me in the face right now. Anyway, <laughs> but like, I imagine you're in Lancaster. I'm like, you know, Costa Rica or something. We're all like, yeah. our whole team is spread, but we're all able to like, uh, work together still. Mm-hmm. But, um, I don't know. I'm curious to see where the future of VR takes you. Cause even when you're wearing the goggles, it still gives you like a, when you're setting up like an image of what's around you, it's like AR. Yeah. Cause they're like cameras. Super. I've seen super one where like like it's for working like on a computer and like you put on the headset and it's like connected to your computer in real life mm, and yeah. so it kind of dis- it displays whatever is on your computer but in the VR world 
And so the guy had like in the VR world, uh, he had like four monitors and he had like this sick desktop setup, but he had it like placed like on the beach. Like mm. during sunrise, <laughs> he's just like checking his emails. Yeah, like, Joel, you can just put it anywhere. Yeah, like unlimited possibilities. Yeah, that's wild. But like tech of the future is like, I was also thinking about three D printers. Yeah. Because I was thinking of, have you seen like those new Kanye shoes that are like a different material? Uh, they, they don't have. They odd. have no laces. They yeah, look kind of yeah. odd. Yeah. And I was like, you know, what if like the common household had a 3D printer in the future and people it could just 3D print shoes, 3D print anything. The only thing that you would need is to like purchase the, yep. like the, the rights, I guess would uh-huh. be like to print it, mm-hmm. you know, just like how you can purchase a digital download of a PDF or something. Yeah. Purchase a, uh, audio book or a Kindle book, you know, or not even like it. a book, but even just like, a like a blueprint. Yeah, yeah, that you just plug it in and it just like oh boom yeah. print it or even better like a software yeah that I mean it's like this opens up the <clears throat> world to a whole new possibility of software companies like and I mean I've already been like kind of look there's a lot of software companies within like the three uh, D printing world that have come up like there's one where you build your action figure mm. <laughs> and then it sends you an action figure. And it's like, prints it. it 3D prints it for you and then it sends it to you. And, but I think of like, like what kind of materials can you use to, to 3D print? Because homie Jordan French was 3D printing pizzas, like food. Oh, yeah, yeah. And like, I mean, that's really cool. Like people don't think about being able to print out a cheeseburger. Yeah. <laughs> and think of how that would change businesses, fast food. Like, I mean, just between like the 3D printer and virtual reality though there's so much disrupt disruption disruption so much disruption that's going on so i'm curious of like what how the 3d printer fits into the average household like not just like it being one of those things where you got to go to like your school to use it kind of like how the computer was back then yeah not every household had a computer but I feel like there's going to be some time in the future where every household has a quantum computer, every household has a 3D printer, every household has all these diff- like redefining the modern household. Yeah. There's this website called Thingiverse, if you've ever heard of it. Um, I don't know. But it's a marketplace for mm. blueprints for 3D printing stuff. Like if you want to, you can like uh, download like a house, like not a full house, but like a model house and then print it out wow. just immediately, you know? That or is like dope. you can print off like, uh, th- like there's a lot of people that make really useful tools, like printing off like a little like socket or something, like something that like you need that you would have to go out and buy like at the store, but you can just print it off and yeah. it'll work, you know, like mm-hmm. so, like a threaded thing that you can screw on something. You yeah. Know? Yeah, I was like, when I was looking into 3D printed shoes, I was expecting them to be like really clunky, you know, like how you imagine like the material of like a fidget spinner. But there's certain companies that do like higher end shoes, they're like three, four hundred bucks, but it's um, like a soft material, like it's like, um, like almost like a fabric. Mm. And it's not all fabric, it's also plus like the sole, but it's pretty interesting of like, imagine being able to like start a company and 3D print t shirts. And sell them to people 
or 3D printing hats or like I'm I don't know any small product really that's like the size of I don't know what size even depends on your printer if you got yeah. like a big one or a small one. I think the thing that will be really revolutionary is 3 3D printing homes. Mm. They can already do it. It's yeah. just not like at scale right now. Uh-huh. Like just a massive 3D printer that just yeah. like bang. Yeah. Yeah, which it's really, like, simple. It's just, like, a giant, like, if you think of, like, a giant scaffolding system mm-hmm. and, like, or a better way to do it, to think of it is, like, those claw machines at, like, like a grocery store yeah. on their way out. Uh-huh. It's literally like that where it's on, like, a, a track that can go anywhere. Mm-hmm. But the thing is not a claw. It's a little um, dispenser for concrete. Mm. And so it just, like, goes like this, and it does it layer by layer. Okay. Which that's, that's kind of how, how like a printer. Yeah, that's how printer 3D printers work. It's just like instead <laughs> of a printer going like on one dimension, like a regular printer, it goes like layers up, you yeah. know, like a building. Yeah, like a Minecraft building. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so this makes me think of like a lit uh, docu-series, like Temple Mill docu-series, mm-hmm. where the factor that relates everything in the series is like exploring the future future stuff and it's like one episode is on 3d printing another episode is on virtual reality another but like top one could be on cryptocurrency one could be on uh whatever sustainable living but just like the tying component because that's what i've been like thinking about is like how can we create like a a lit docu-series through temple mill that can embrace a lot of these topics that we're curious about Mm -hmm. rather than just like one-off like mini documentaries but creating like a series Mm -hmm. but something about like exploring the future like as as a overall like ethos to the series uh, i think is like a lit lit direction to go Mm -hmm. even those e-bikes fits into it like just transportation transportation be the the pillar you know and even like in that episode we could dive into as well, like the scooter phenomena of how that has literally changed transportation. Yeah. yeah. Like, dude, what's going to happen when Elon Musk starts turning towards creating UFOs for us? Moves past the Tesla to like the literally, a, I feel like Elon Musk would be the dude to make a UFO. Yeah. In the future. <laughs> that would be so lit. I saw a video of a flying car, but it's like, it's like, yeah, it was like a flying car. But you still needed, like, a runway to take off, had, like, a really wide wings. Like, it couldn't just drive on the road and just, like, when it wants to, have the wings pop out. Yeah. And then be able to, like, get speed and accelerate. Right. I think it's interesting how Elon Musk, his, like, counter to the whole flying car thing is to go underground instead of above ground Uh, with the boring company. Yeah. I think that's pretty interesting. Yeah. I mean... Who knows what's already inside of the earth, the whole civilization people. <laughs> I was watching uh, Rick and Morty, and there's an like an episode. Like, like, dude, they do a really good job at saying something without saying something. Mm-hmm. You know, like conveying a mess, like metaphors and like conveying a message based on like a story, like an adventure that they set up. And it's like hard to digest everything in an episode. Like, and that's why... A lot of times it takes, like, watching it multiple times, like, because jokes will just, like, fly over your head. But in one of them, it was, like, this community of these, like, squid-looking type aliens Uh that attach to a host, like, and then they take over your body, and then they can, it's, like, two aliens in one type of thing, and they all live inside 
it's like a giant asteroid, but they they all live inside of it. Pretty uh, Rick and Morty blows my mind. Like especially like the parallel realities, yeah. like multiverse, all that stuff. Michael and I started watching season four. Oh, it's a banger. I think I have like maybe one or two episodes left. How many are in the episode or season? Ten maybe, okay. nine or ten. And it's the last season, right? Um, I don't know. I heard that like one of them was like not doesn't want to do it anymore or something. It's um not Justin Roiland, the other one. Dan Harmon. I think he. I don't know what happened with Dan Harmon. I think some drama happened with Dan uh, Harmon. That's all I. I don't really know Dan, much about the drama. This guy Dan. But it's dude Dan Harmon. It's like. They're both really smart dudes, Justin mm-hmm. Roiland and Dan Harmon. Because I was studying Dan Harmon's like story circle a lot when we were kind of like a few uh, phases of Temple Mill ago, trying to figure out like our storytelling process. And he has like his uh, circle, storytelling circle, mm-hmm. is how he kind of like walks through the he- hero's journey, and um, it shows in the episodes. Like yeah, it each. Each episode, like, resolves. Like, it tells a full story. You don't leave it wanting more. And that's what's, like, cool about shows like The Simpsons or Adventure Time or um, Rick and Morty is you don't have to watch it in order. You could, like, go uh, Adventure Time season four, episode six, and not be like, wait, what's going on? I'm so confused. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Same with Rick and Morty. Like, you don't have to watch the episode before. And it's because each episode tells a, like, coherent, like, a full story. Mm-hmm. And then there's still, like, things that will combine, like, that will relate episode to episode. They're more subtle. But animated shows They are just unlock the all the possibilities. Uh-huh. They embrace simplicity. Because it's not that they can't make more, more uh, detailed characters. Like... And I love looking at, like, the colors that they use in mm-hmm. animated shows because they're very, like, there's no um, playful shadow or anything like that. Yeah. And maybe, like, a little bit, but it's just, like, solid yeah, colors. Yeah, true. Like, that chair would just be, like, green, yeah. not, like, textured yeah, green. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Same with, like, faces. They don't have as much detail. It'll just have, like, a mouth with maybe, like, a wrinkle around it. And then circles uh-huh. with, like, little, like tight star like different Uh shows will stand out based on how they do the eyes or Mm -hmm. like little things but generally they're all doing the same thing but okay if i were to create an animated show i would take the approach i would take the oceans 11 approach which is well i want to take the oceans 11 approach for all of business everything that we do which which is is building a team facilitating a team and then executing each individually based on your role where you fit in the team. Yeah. And so as I was watching Ocean's Eleven, I'm like, Truman is George Clooney. I am Brad, hey. I am Brad Pitt. <laughs> and we are like, that's like where the idea started. And they're like, they know what we need to get together. Yeah. And then they know, you know, all the details. They get everyone, convince them of the project, and then execute and then cash out $70 million. It's interesting that you bring that up because I've been diving back into Dan Pena. Oh, my phone. All right. And uh, Scottish, ma- Scottish mansion. Is it in Scotland or where is his mansion at? Yeah, S- Scotland. But 
And I like I'm listening to his uh, tapes from uh, 1996. I wasn't even around. And uh, I was a negative too. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the whole premise of his philosophy. Like one of the premises of his philosophy is that you can't do it alone. Yeah. And like if you like his his like uh, approach, like uh, philosophy belief system is like. It's really, really hard to make a lot of money, like, to get rich off of just pure income. Mm. And, like, the people that do are the um, the Kanye's, the – and even then it's, like, difficult. But yeah. it's, like, like, the Madonna's, the Michael Jackson's, like, the super, superstars, you know? Yeah. Uh, so if you're not, like, incredibly, incredibly talented – trying to like uh get rich off your income is going to be a long game that is probably most likely never going to happen just so uh taxes yeah you get tax highest on your uh earned income so the other way is uh doing multiple transactions it's called or multiple Mm. deals okay and so that's like oceans 11 type stuff like not heists but like Uh Uh, kind of, you know, like, yeah, like legal, moral, ethical business heists, you know, where you, you go in like the way that he, like his methodology is like, they, uh, build what it's called a dream team, which is like, um, you plus like a few other people that are experts in their, uh, path, Individual craft. which is interesting. Cause I'm reading, uh, Think and Grow Rich uh-huh. for my 75 hard book. Oh, lit. And uh, he talks about the the Mastermind Alliance, which uh, that word has been... Everyone's taking the Mastermind yeah, and run with it. Yeah. So the original meaning of the Mastermind from Napoleon Hill's perspective was aligning yourself with individuals in various different fields. Mm. Like Because another premise that he has is that you have to have specialized knowledge in something that you're trying to like a business. Yeah. But the knowledge doesn't always have to come from you. Mm. And so, and like tying this into like what we've learned with Austin and everything, if you are the one with the specialized knowledge, you're probably the technician Uh and you're stuck, you know? So the way to handle all of this is to be the facilitator, the composer of the deal, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that's like been my uh, thought process this past week is like, how can we compose? How can we be the, the composer? How can we be the facilitator? facilitator. Because, you know, it ain't working <laughs> the other way. <laughs> well, because we, we have to just like commit to removing ourselves from the technician yeah, role. There is no like, like we can't to, be in we there have, at all. Yeah, it has to be like, this is where the, the buck stops. You know, we can't. Uh-huh. There's no way. Like, because yeah. like when you when you like there really is no way to succeed that way and we have to completely remove ourselves yeah like there is a way to succeed but that's being a freelancer making 40 grand a year Mm -hmm. which isn't what we want to do we've been there yeah and like so if that's not it there has to be there's another way you know Mm -hmm. and so that's been my the whole thing that i've been like learning a lot this past week is like Okay, well, now that we know that ro- that road doesn't lead to where we want to go, let's find the other road and start learning all this, the shit that we need to learn about it. Yeah. Because 
we got like that's the road now it's just about walking down that road you know dude and i'm glad that we've been like both of us committed to learning mm-hmm. learning more because to be able to find the right person to help us execute on this heist we got to know what we're looking for yeah it's not just some random joe from the streets uh-huh. it's like we want a getaway driver who is obsessed with driving. They love like, their uh, passion is driving. Baby, what's that? That movie, uh, Baby Driver. Baby Driver. Yeah, that movie is amazing. Yes, <laughs> all he does is drive. Uh-huh. He just has earbuds in. He does his thing. That's how it should be, you know. And each person just does their thing because uh-huh. they're good at it and they love it. Yeah, exactly. And like going back to like the whole animated series thing, like I would want to be part of you know, creating the characters, coming up with like a an idea for the whatever it is. And then being able to have a team that can do the frame-by-frame frame animations yeah. and uh, all that other stuff uh-huh. <laughs> to be able to, you know, distribute it and create it and all that stuff. But um, did you uh, see a new Instagram update? Um, right now I'm off Instagram, but I logged okay. on to look at something. I forget what it was, but I saw it. It's interesting. So I haven't, like, dove into it, but I saw that, like, the bottom panel is different. Uh huh. Some like the one major thing that I noticed is normally Instagram they use like your psychology against you <laughs> yeah. to be able to get your attention, get you to do things. And before, if you go, so there's five buttons at the very bottom. Yeah. The second to the far right side button used to be where you got your notifications. Oh yeah, yeah. It's where you'd get likes, comments. Now it's and a so shopping bag. Right? I'm. You're always. You're in the habit on Instagram of checking uh... that. Now it's the shopping <laughs> one. They just did a quick tricky, one. Tricky. They did a quick one on everybody. A little switcheroo. It's interesting that it's like Instagram is just turning into like its own commerce platform. Yeah. Which could have seen this coming because like me as a modern entrepreneur, I love making new Instagram accounts. It makes it easier to start a business because one, it's free. Two, you can do it yourself. Like Ashley starting her reclaimed account to sell stuff. She just started a storefront and now has a center place to do message everything yeah. for her business mm-hmm. and doesn't even, she doesn't have a website. No website, no anything like that. And uh, she'll get there eventually. Whatever will happen with it will happen. Mm-hmm. But like, it's interesting how Instagram is just like, they want you to stay in Instagram. They don't yeah. want you to leave to go to um, Urban Outfitters website. They want you to be able to buy Urban Outfitters directly from Instagram. Look, I can add this to my cart or buy it now, and I'm still in Instagram. So I'm curious, like, uh, if they get any kind of uh, kickback on that or if it's just strictly, like, they're they're working it out in their mind that if you buy... like the, Their the, kickback comes from the Facebook ads. Once you start spending money within the uh, platform yeah. to promote your stuff, that's where they get their money from, and then... Because I think, I mean, that's their main source of, it's for advertisers to target and hit their audience. That's like their main offer, I would say, where they make money. But, I mean, that just means it's going to become that much more powerful of a tool. Mm -hmm. Or, I mean, yeah, for the other side, instead of having to, um, like, even use Facebook at all, using more advertising on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I don't know the... I mean, I feel like one of my, I wouldn't say downfall, but I sleep on Insta- on Facebook heavy. <laughs> yeah. I don't use Facebook at all. 
I think there's a lot of other people that are like that as well. Especially the younger generation. Younger generation. So I don't know what that means for the future of Facebook. Honestly, I think I, at this point in my life, I like Facebook more than Instagram. Hmm. Uh, in terms of like... It not, feels more personal. Not necessarily like the content, but I feel like when I, like when I start... Like right now, I've been off of Instagram for like a week. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like something's been like unplugged from me, hmm. you know? Like, once I start getting into Instagram, I feel like it's, like, part of my life. Like, it's, like, almost, like, a second, like, ego attached yeah. onto me. Uh-huh. Like, or, like, something that's, like, sucking energy from me. Like, yeah. And, but uh, when I'm on Facebook, it doesn't really feel that way. You know, I'm not, like, addicted to Facebook. I just, like, uh-huh. I, I don't even, like, hop on it, you know, that much. It's yeah. just, like hop on it, see if my, my family said anything in the group, and then uh, leave. Yeah. Because I feel like it's just like... I mean, it's definitely a great way for you to connect with your family. Yeah. I mean, my family's really active on Facebook, too. That's like the side of me that checks in here and there is like mm-hmm. on family, but it's interesting. Like, some people will say, like, I people will follow digital fads mm-hmm. in terms of making videos, right? We see this with like people that were like following Sam Colder, they're doing all the Casey. orange too. Or Casey. These are a lot like of people are copying Matt Vello too. For sure. Like thirty days of uh, meditation or Uh huh. And these yeah, these are like digital fads, mm-hmm. I feel like. And people let digital fads tell them like what they, to do. They, yeah, give they give it too much power. And I hear a lot of people say like this new generation of content is really short attention spans. You got to have it quick, short. Like a lot of people say that. And yes, that may be true with the, some of these new kids that are coming up to the scene, but these older people, they're not just all dying. (laughs) They're still here. Mm -hmm. The 30 year olds, 40 year olds, 50 year olds, even the 60 year olds, maybe, you know, some of the 70, 80, 90 year olds have like died off, but it doesn't mean you should, change your entire focus on making really short content when there's still a massive audience out there that wants to see longer form content, Uh that wants quality content. They'll always be out there. They may just be harder to find. But a lot of people just like with their brands will just be like, okay, uh, they they want it quick. They want it short, whatever. And they kind of like sell out to this digital fad because of social media. But it's depriving all that other stuff. Uh If... If sh- if long form was like not viable, Netflix wouldn't exist. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and also Joe Rogan wouldn't exist. Yeah, and like another thing is like, who are you targeting? Because like, yes, if your brand is selling to uh, younger audiences, then maybe it's good to do the short stuff. But if you're if your market is like the 50 year olds, mm-hmm. then you're wasting your time doing really short stuff because they maybe it's not getting want, their attention. Yeah, Maybe they want the long stuff, you know? So speaking of like, now that we're kind of getting into this topic a little bit, you sent me this lit podcast. Do you know what yeah, the yeah. homie's name is? Uh, I don't know the, it's the, Mr. Beast's manager. Yeah. I don't know his name, but the host of the podcast is Noah Kagan or Cragen. Okay. Something. And he also met the 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 guy that Noah Cragen interviewed. It's Mr. Beast manager, Dude Perfect's manager, and he's got like a pretty interesting story, yeah. having come from like sports marketing and like sports management mm-hmm. and that whole world, but then turning that into influencer management. 
And that podcast just dropped a ton of bombs about how YouTube in general. Yeah. Because he has a belief that I I can agree with that like YouTube as a platform is dominant. Yeah. It's the It's the most long-lasting yeah. like solid like platform. Like mm-hmm. in, I look at YouTube as the video Google. Right. Yeah. That which pretty is, much as the most simple way to put yeah, it. Yeah, which is interesting because if there's out, those of you out there that don't know you Google owns YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, Some people don't know that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and like they were talking about um one like the kinds of influencers that he manages and it was interesting that he was saying like they only get maybe like two to three a year, new new ones a year that they manage that they yeah that they work for that they're looking for rather than like you know creating a management company hiring more managers and then scaling up mm. and the reason why is because they go for the like the Mr Beasts as like a launching pad and then they sprout off all these different business ideas off of that one single influencer that could be an app or it could be merch or it could be uh, music or uh, whatever it is. They're like software ideas, whatever. And he was like, we're not looking to make, you know, $2 million. We want to make $20 million off of the, the one person. Yeah. And I was like, they're just making entrepreneurs out of these YouTubers. <laughs> like Mr. Beast. Dude, the dude is like 21, or, maybe? 22? Do you think that they... Like, or they're looking for already entrepreneur people? I, I feel like... I mean, I didn't finish the whole podcast, but I feel like they're looking for the personality, and then they are the entrepreneur. Oh, then the the manager does yeah. entrepreneur. Yeah. And then they just use they the just, brand for the attention. They just... Yeah, they just allow the personality to be the personality. Mm-hmm. Because, like, if... Mr. Beast would do all that stuff on his own. It may take away from the sauce that he has. That... He should just only be in videos. Yeah, he, <laughs> should, he should just be like, I mean, it's it's the same thing with like artists like Drake. Like mm-hmm. if Drake is doing his own accounting, doing his own all this stuff, it's literally like fundamentally taking away time that he would be in the studio. Yeah. And, and even it goes down to like if Drake is making his own beats, like – it's taking away from the time that he's on the mic. Yeah. And so, like, the more that you can, uh, um, what's the word? Um, Pro- uh, produce? Uh, no. Create? Like, the more that you can delegate oh, things oh, that oh. aren't your special sauce, I feel like the better that yeah. you're going to exponentially grow. Totally. You know, if, you're, if you're a painter, uh-huh. music artist, YouTuber, uh-huh. the thing that makes you you, like, you pretty much, if you really want to get to the ultimate level, you got to delegate all that, all the extra stuff. Mm-hmm. That's why a lot of people do like personal chefs. Like a lot of, a lot of people like poo poo on the personal chef stuff. <laughs> yeah. Or like the like really wealthy people have like drivers or a maid. A maids. Ma- having stuff. a maid when when we lived in Calabasas and we had Heidi, it was clutch. Yeah. Because look, here's the thing: they're not living at the house. Yeah. They, they don't come. even come every day. They yeah. come once a week. Uh huh. And really, when you think about it, it's like. Things just get dirty because you let them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, your toilet will just get dirty if you just don't clean it on a regular basis. Yeah. And so it's just getting someone to do those things. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, I would love to be able to, like, hire a maid for my mom. Yeah. Which is not, that's that's not a very far away goal. 
Do you think it's this not should? Very would, uh, it's only like a couple hundred bucks a month. Yeah. Do you think this should be open to it? Some people like. I think she just would. like mindset wise can't accept someone coming in their home. Coming not necessarily coming in their home, but like taking uh, like a, a lot of uh, uh, like a lot of people get a lot of pride from cleaning their own stuff or like whatever. But to like those people, you suck. <laughs> like um, I don't know. Would would she? Uh, They're very particular. Not not the particular, but like they get value. Like they're. Uh, identity is wrapped around mm. like being the like the mom or like being the dad that cleans up the house you know i think if the opportunity arose she would appreciate the maid yeah just because after like you know decades yeah. of like kids like constantly like the amount of times that she's like i because i used to sleep upstairs mm-hmm. i was like the only one that slept upstairs and my mom would be up until like I don't know, one two three in the morning cleaning the kitchen making it spotless <laughs> wake up the next morning 10 a.m it's 10 a.m back to how it was and she was just up all like late cleaning it and then same thing she has to repeat that every day well that's what you're getting into with that many kids and i I mean for sure there's like love to be able to do that kind of stuff a lot of love but she could be using that love somewhere else right yeah if she didn't have to be you know she could spend more time baking yeah or more time uh you know at preschool or whatever yeah. she's working on the instead thing, of doing those things. Yeah, a lot of people, like like I said, put down this whole, like, delegating thing. Uh-huh. But it's, like, if if you love mowing your grass, then do that. But, like, there's a lot of people that hate mowing the grass. Like, and so you should probably just delegate that because if it takes you – like, what's the value of your time? If, you're take, if it takes you an hour to mow your lawn mm-hmm. and if you didn't mow that lawn, you could make $200 – or you can make $300, $500 in that same hour yeah. through something else, mm-hmm. then it'd be better to pay someone 50 bucks to mow your lawn for that hour. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's, it's not always in terms of financial. It's just like energy and time, time. And happiness. Happiness, like, you know? I think of that with like doing the dishes. Yeah. The reason why I like having like paper plates and like just being able to throw it away is because I would rather invest a couple bucks into that then have to do the dishes. <laughs> like I can like identify about myself. I'm, I'm getting better at it. And part of what's making me getting better is getting like trying to identify as someone that likes to do the dishes, <laughs> changing that mindset yeah. and like trying to find pleasure out of it, uh-huh. which I can't. I'll prop up a YouTube video. It's warm yeah. water on my hands. Yeah, yeah. Use a little hose, the little spray guy, the scrub buddy scrub, scrub smiling daddy. at you. I feel like the <laughs> one of those things that I wouldn't want to delegate at least completely in the future is like my cooking. Yeah. Like, because you're only gonna, you're gonna eat as good or as bad food as you make for yourself. Like, if you don't know how to make good food and you can only eat shit food, like uh, cereal, you're only gonna eat cereal. Yeah. But if you know how to yeah. make sourdough bread, cranberry, all this amazing food, then you can eat, but you have to be able to make it yourself. And so it doesn't, doesn't mean making crazy things like that all the time. Uh-huh. And maybe like today we ordered groceries from Walmart on the app, picked it up for free. Like it was no extra cost. They loaded it in the car, came back, boom. So like delegating parts of the process mm. so that I can just straight start cooking. Yeah. Even like some of the food prep, like buying already prepared things at the grocery store or uh, whatever it is. But I feel like I enjoy cooking in general. Like I, I want to be able to cook good food for myself. 
Yeah. If I got to eat three meals a day, why not make them dope meals? Yeah. I'll be in a way better mood. Mm-hmm. We're, while we're on the topic of food and grocery stores, I was thinking about something uh, – like something that I, I occasionally do, and I'm sure that you can agree with this, is like I, I project out like what – like if this is happening today mm-hmm. and ha- this is how things are moving – in the industries and culture, where is it going to be in five, 10 years? Yeah. Something I've been thinking about is like, uh, like Smith's or Target or Walmart, they all have their own individual brands. Mm -hmm. Like, I wonder if it's going to get to the point where like you go into Smith's and it's just all Smith's stuff. Because, like, now, like, back when, like... They would uh, make more money that way. Like, back when Smith started, like, if you reverse all the way back to, like, when... I don't know who started the original Smiths, but... Joseph Joseph Smith. Smith. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, like, like just picture one really small store in, like, Provo or something called Uh Smiths. And, like, they don't have the capital to make all of their own stuff, Uh you know? So they rely on having, like... They have the brick-and-mortar warehouse, and they, they have other people, like, craft or Hillshire Farms or Post or Kellogg's bring in all the stuff and put it on the shelf. And the grocery store says, like, you can place all of your stuff here and we're going to take a commission of every product that uh, sells, you know. Mm. And uh, I, mean, I don't know how the, if, if that's exactly how the model works, yeah. but you get my point. But mm-hmm. now it's at the point where Smith's is all over the country and they have so much capital and they, that they make their own products. Like they make yeah. – like right in the store, they'll be craft – marketplace. They'll, yeah, they'll have craft medium cheddar cheese in a bag. And then right next to it, they have Kroger medium cheddar cheese. Yeah. And so – And Target now, does that too. Yeah, Target, Walmart, they, they yeah. all do it. Macy's even has like some. But it's like I – like – I don't know if they'll be able to completely remove every – like other brands though. Because I think of like um, – like what if I like want like a Red Bull, like a specific? I'm like I I go for a Red Bull. Mm. You you go to the grocery store because they have a product that you want. Yeah, but maybe um, they have their own Kroger energy drink that's cheaper than a Red Bull that makes you rather get the Kroger than and then Red Bulls. Yeah, out. Yeah, because they have like a Kroger kombucha there. Kombucha. They have like Kroger, <laughs> like. They have like these. There's a lot. There's a lot of stuff. Like pretty much every item at the store has like a Kroger version of it. Uh huh. And, like, I don't know. I I like when I was younger, I really like enjoyed name brand stuff. And uh-huh. of course, there's things that you like can't go uh, knock off on. Like Oreos, I feel like is one of those things you can't get. Can't get a knockoff. The knockoff ones aren't as good. Yeah. Or like, like. Like, the original recipes of things, like Doritos, I feel like you can't get a knockoff and have it be good. Uh-huh. Or, like, whatever. But, like, some things are very basic, like Frosted Flakes or something that, like, it's kind of, like, it's just flakes and they put little whatever on them. Yeah. And it's, like, like the Target brand of the Frosted Flakes is still good, you know? Uh-huh. Or, like, milk is a good example. Like, getting, like, the name brand milk versus the... Uh, good in the target brand milk like uh-huh. there's no difference or like whatever it's just milk or like the target almond milk versus silk you know it's like i don't 
of taste of difference. So yeah. like for me, I I prefer Target. Yeah, I like prefer Target, Target because like mm-hmm. another thing that like the Target has is uh, brand identity, and mm. so every time you're in a Target, it's reinforcing its values to you and building brand uh, power in uh-huh. their things. But there's not a physical store of silk that you walk into where it's building like uh, its identity. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's really interesting you bring this up because I've been thinking about this topic a lot lately in terms of like branding and brand identity, yeah. like building a brand identity. And Target is a fantastic example that I like, they do a great job. And, um, but I was thinking of, we went to Chick-fil-A the other day yeah, and like, we just pull it all of this stuff out and there's like n- these nice like little boxes and like the bag and there you open the nuggets and there's a little quote to dip or not to dip. And there's like custom brand and you're all of a sudden like in a it, world, it's an experience. Yeah. They're giving you the Chick-fil-A experience. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? You're going to throw away all this stuff. All of it. Yeah. We don't, you don't keep any of it. You eat the nuggets. And that same example, I was just thinking of all like different types of businesses and how they do the same thing. And back to cereal, I was like, how much do you think a, a box of cereal, like you're getting the cereal inside of the bag inside of it, mm-hmm. but that bag is inside of a box that you don't need that box. You're going to throw that box away. You're not going to keep the box. It's covered in art and branding and messaging. Yeah. And I've just been thinking about like they're creating an experience. Mm-hmm. It's about creating an experience that they're buying into. And yeah, you get some chicken nuggets out of it or yeah, you get some cereal out of it or whatever it is. And that experience, like it goes down into the details in like the things that to the consumer, you're throwing it away. doesn't matter that much, but that doesn't mean that it's free or that it's not valuable just because yeah. they throw it away. The entrepreneurs should be valuing that even more. And another example of this, the iPhone. Look at the iPhone box. Most people collect them. Yeah. Now that, yeah. my friend, is branding uh-huh. because that box is useless. It has yeah. no value. You can't even use it for a campfire because there's like plastic on yeah. it. Yeah. You know? But they make such a dope unboxing experience. Yeah. <sighs> Open yeah. it up. Everything you about it. You get excited yeah. about that experience of getting an iPhone and then you have it forever and that's why they're able to sell it for so much and everyone loves their they fly off the shelf. Yeah. They got a line waiting. They don't have to try and sell you. They have billboards and advertising for brand equity so that you know they're triggering giving you impressions so you remember it or whatever but everyone has an iPhone already. Mm-hmm. And I've just been thinking of that with like when I got my little Gucci pendant. Mm-hmm. Same thing as like a little bow on it and a little bag and a little box and Think of how much money they spent on that packaging to create that experience for you. And so I'm thinking of how do we do this more with Temple Mill yeah. or follow this path with Temple Mill. And even to, you know, we've talked about our creating courses for individuals, renting out an Airbnb yeah, and taking that route yeah. of the experience of yeah. video production. Because the hard, the hard thing, because I was thinking about this too this week and like the like when we were talking about Apple and all that stuff uh-huh. and the difficult thing about what we do uh, like on paper yeah. is that it's digital 
you know, there's no physical thing, you know, except for the service, like yeah, except actual... for except for the delivery of it, you know, like the in person stuff, and that's why we need to double down on that because yes. that's the only thing that they see, you know. To our head, like, we're focusing on how the video comes out, yeah, not the experience yeah. as much. I feel like that's like a that's a like a code we just unlocked right there because we've been I've focusing been thinking about so that. much. We've been focusing so much on like the the video, right? Uh-huh. Which is obvious, you know, like. We should be focusing on that, but like they like Ulysses, like he loves like the like the glam, like the the whole entourage following him, you know, like that whole thing. Like yeah, that's why he like loves us, you know. He, also the video, but like they want like an experience, mm-hmm. and like the more that we can double down on like creating Create ex- that uh, red carpet experience, yes, like. I, I mean, my my mind goes crazy with that stuff. Like, thinking of, like, uh, how, like, take a typical, like, Austin shoot that we were at. Like, what we could have done way better is, like, pulled in with, like, a cooler, like a Temple Mill branded cooler. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, like, open it up and there's, like, LaCroix. Like, we knew he liked LaCroix. Yeah. yeah. We knew he likes granola bars. Like, pulled in there and it's, like, uh, like this is yours. You know? All of those get figured out in pre-production. Yeah, and like, cause like a lot of, like when we were with Eric or Austin or, uh, heads up, like they were catering to, like they were like offering things to us. Yeah, it should be the other way around. Hundred percent. Like, like, like where, uh, like at the heads up shoot, they like bring coffee out of nowhere. Like that should have been us. Like, we should have been bringing. Coffee. We should have been the one bringing coffee. You yeah. know, like those little things you sneak in, like that are just like, uh, like ready. Like they don't even think about it. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the key right there. And I've been thinking about like within branding, your into- your business, like Temple Mill, gets branded, but also the individual offerings within Temple Mill Can also need to get branded. Yeah. The Big Mac gets yeah, branded, exactly. you know, like think Frappuccino. of Frappuccino, you mm-hmm. know, and so that's kind of a mindset shift I feel like we also need to take is let's create, you know, the Temple Mill experience, the Temple Mill red carpet experience. Let's brand the heck out of it. You know, let's paint a picture that they can see and then they're going to throw their money at us yeah. because all we have to do is be able to deliver on what we tell them that we're going to do, which we already know that we can do that. Mm-hmm. Like we know that we can make the video. Now let's step on from that step. Like forget about it. And then not forget about it completely, but start focusing on these lesser important details or so we thought and, you know, come up with a Temple Mill secret sauce that's little sauce packets that are on the shoot for their chicken nuggets. <laughs> like, dude, like, I feel like the more we focus, <laughs> the more we focus on the little things, they're going to go a long way. The things where people aren't even going to, they're going to be like, oh, I didn't, they probably didn't even think I would notice this. And so when they point it out, they feel like they're yeah. more involved. They're have, like, wait, you have a Temple Mill secret sauce that's yeah. literally a sauce that for the whatever food we cater? I want to have, like, uh, like all of the gear. We, like, take off the logos and put a clean Temple Mill logo on yeah. there. Because, yeah, I feel like the average... The jackets and the merch is, yeah. like, ev- imagine a whole crew decked out in merch the water bottles we remove the labels and put the or just temple mill custom water bottles you can oh, yeah, true. do that true. like we... a hydro flask or something well so here's the thing we build an audience and we get you know some attention that's kind of part of the puzzle that we've been missing there's a little bit of fire into this and then we build a relationship with a warehouse who can then 
do our distribution and our product design and all that stuff. Same way that uh, Shane Dawson and Jeffree Star. Where Shane, he's not like making the stuff. Yeah. He's telling them what they coming up with ideas. And then they have a team that can do that. I feel like that's probably what Nelk does as well. Because yeah. they're able to get really unique products. Yeah. That's like uh, one hitter or like a, right. a shotgun tool or a whistle. And those are the types of products that we need mm-hmm. to start to getting is like these like really unique little and like giving them a, a goodie bag, mailing yeah. them a package. Bro, that goes a long I way. Know. And imagine after a shoot, we just spoil them. Like we want our clients to be like, I'm coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it literally has to be like what I texted you. It has to be like a, like a no brainer. Yeah. Why they w- wouldn't. Like, why they would choose us. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like Apple. Like, most people don't Most people don't get... The average person doesn't get an Android unless you're, like, that one specific type of person that's usually, like, really into, like, desktop computers and building your own PC. Broke and, ass. Like, all that stuff. Like, but, like, the average person is just going to get the Apple, mm-hmm. you know? Same with, like, laptops. And le- unless you're, like, really into customizing your specs and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I've just been trying to like change our perspective, like I like building temple mill, like, you know, Louis Vuitton of video production with that kind of mindset where our clients coming to us know that we're Louis Vuitton. They're not expecting McDonald's. They, they're looking for Louis Vuitton and we give them a quality experience and we deliver on what we talked about yeah. and we're extremely professional and you learn something new, you get your vibes, good energy. Right. We give you the bu- the best content ever and you're stoked about it. Mm-hmm. You tell your friends. And like shifting that perspective from like, bro, how are, how are we gonna pay rent? I need, we need to go, we need to sell this. And then go into a sales meeting and they can smell how desperate we are before we walk into the door. Yeah. They're like, these dudes haven't paid rent this month. I can smell his armpits. <laughs> or whatever you can't afford deodorant but instead (laughs) like focus like put our minds to creating temple mill in a way where we got a line out the door yeah every drop and i Uh think there's components individually that we got to focus on like and there's components that we're already really good at design product development um video like all that stuff we've already pretty much nailed that we've been working on but how can we get better at generating hype building building up hype so that when the drop comes boom there's people waiting for their clock on their computer to hit midnight for the site to change and then the site crashes because yeah. 500,000 people tried to flood it at the same time that's and i mean as I've been thinking about this, I'm thinking of like authenticity, of course, like the more honest that we can be, the more giving that we can be, it will come back to us. We'll receive mm-hmm. um, like positive karma, you know? Yeah. And that's one of the things that I love about like YouTube. And I mean, I guess I'll just focus specifically on YouTube is you don't have to pay for a YouTube account. And when you put something on YouTube, you're giving it to the world for free. Like whenever, every time I post a video and, you know, not necessarily everyone thinks of it like this, but it's like, I'm investing my money into my gear 
my time into creating this. My emotion, my emotional being is on the line, you know? Like, it's a very, like, fear fight, fear-facing experience, sometimes putting yourself out there. And all of it, like, it's for free. Mm-hmm. And, of course, like, there's ways of making money through uh, advertising or whatever down the line. But I want to embrace, like, a giving, like a giving mentality, you know, like postcards and sticker packs and giveaway. Oh my, don't even get me started on giveaways. We got to be doing, we got to get a giveaway going pronto. I'm talking, I want to be doing the most lit giveaways. I want to be like, um, Mr. Beast, Mr. Beast is hard to hit in terms of like, he's like the giveaway God, Uh but look how well it did for him. Right. And like, I was watching Mr. Beast video there we're doing this thing where they hit a button and it gives you like a random thing uh-huh. that says like, you know, uh, squirt mayo in your pants or do a hundred pushups or different challenges. However, they kept hitting it because one of the times whoever hits it, their sister gets a hundred thousand dollars. They're giving their sister a hundred. It's just so funny listening to like the outro and he's like, Hey guys, thanks for watching this episode. We gave Carl's sister a hundred thousand dollars. I'm like, this is the craziest thing I've ever heard of. Mm-hmm. And he's developing a brand around that. Like we we're given a, you know, Sonto an island, so so whatever. That's and David Dobrik is another example. Yeah. Giving away cars, giving away Teslas, and like, I mean, don't get me wrong. If the opportunity arises in the future to be able to do giveaways like that, of course, like yeah. that's got to be the dopest feeling ever. Mm-hmm. But even before that, like prioritizing giveaways, trying to like, even if it's like hundred dollar gift card or camera gear or free merch, you know, we're giving away 10 free hoodies or uh, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But I feel like giveaways are going to be um, mad fun. And it's dope that Mr. Beast like has like built content around the giveaways. And I don't necessarily want to do that because even a giveaway that doesn't have to be in a YouTube video is, is like almost more lit sometimes. Yeah, like yeah. You don't got to flex all the giveaways, but also in terms of like growing the brand, yeah. getting awareness, like giveaways are a great way to get some traffic to your page. Um, I was, let's see. Um, are there any like, drop shipping services that can like through Printful that can do custom packaging like if we were to want to you know create custom Temple Mill packaging when someone buys like a hoodie can we do Um, that through our distributor or would you have to hold in house inventory and mail it out yourself I don't know there honestly should be a service and I'm not too sure yeah research into that a little bit more because yeah that'd be sick yeah. So something else I was, I've been thinking about that I feel like you'll have uh, wisdom on. It's funny because I feel like I'll get thoughts and I love like talking to you about them uh-huh. because odds are I'm just like, you know, five years behind. <laughs> <laughs> and so you, you already have had a lot of these same thoughts. So mm-hmm. you can like kind of uh, chip in better on it. Yeah. And I was thinking specifically on um, – the topic of 
intentionality, being intentional and like having intention mm-hmm. because I feel like I never really like clearly understood like how important it is to be intentional. Um, and I feel like my perspective now is like being intentional is like a huge part of it. Um, Define it more, like elaborate a little bit more. I, so I was thinking about this when I was like holding my guitar and there's like so many things that you can do. Like it's like an infinite spectrum of what I'm about to do with this guitar. And there's so many chords, so many notes that you can play, so many plucking patterns, so many strumming patterns, so many ways you can hold it, so many how hard or how soft you do it, like so many different components. And um, thinking of as a metaphor, I guess, the difference between just picking up a guitar and just like, let me just play you something versus picking up a guitar and being like, I'm going to play for you uh, Skinny Love by Bon Iver. And being intentional of what you're going to play. And even if you don't know how to play it, you'll get closer than if you weren't intentional. Yeah, or a, like, I'm going to play you a song that sounds like Bon Iver. Mm-hmm. And like having that intention kind of sets you, points you in the right direction. Even if maybe it's like my intention is I'm going to make a sad song. That's one direction. And um, taking that over to like goal setting, like I feel like, being intentional is like a, a step within setting goals. Like what is your intention of that specific goal? And like I'm trying to figure out the best way to like phrase, phrase these like spaghetti thoughts. <laughs> Spaghettios. <laughs> Spaghettios in I my mean, mind. I was thinking about something the other day that's kind of like with this is like how important intentionality is in like – with the like how the past few years have been for us like it's been like like ever since we left new york it's been like kind of heads down like yeah like i just like see a visual of like you and i like with some like pickaxes or something and Uh just heads down in the in the dirt yeah doing the work and like it's like we got sweat on our faces and we like we look up every every once in a while to see the next few feet that we have to go and we just (laughs) keep going and and it's always like out of like uh, like, yo, we we gotta do this, you know, all this stuff. Like, yeah. it's like, oh, th- like we have to do. Like, it's very much like forced, mm-hmm. not forced, but like we have to do it, like or else, you know, we're yeah. not gonna make rent or whatever. Like, it's very like something is pushing us. Yeah, and like, uh, I feel like just over the past few months has been the first time that we've been able to have the luxury of looking up, and being able to see, like. Because I feel like we haven't, like, up until within the past six months, we haven't really even looked up to see where we were heading, mm-hmm. you know? Like, we... We like, had, like, a, a somewhat of an idea. Like, yeah, a, a very like, broad. It's like, we're going to California. No, no. But I, we don't know. It's not like I'm going to, uh, you know, uh, Imperial Beach in San Diego, California. Yeah. I was singing like uh, <laughs> it's like uh, I guess like a good tangible example is like how the how we were doing production uh, video production like if we would just played the little simple game of like if we kept this up 
and like because if you keep doing anything, it's gonna get better and better, and it's gonna expand and expand. Mm-hmm. So if we just kept doing that, where would we have been in a year or two? Would we have actually wanted to be in that spot or no? You know, probably not. And like we probably would have been in a better spot than we were in, but not in our ideal spot. Yeah, because I feel like it's being reactive. Yeah, reactive rather than pushing the boundaries intentional being in yeah so that's where this difference is like the intention being intentional is you're you're not being reactive you're you're pushing proactive you're being proactive and then when you're not being in uh when you're not being intentional you're just letting the world take you where you want to go yeah and like so another a better way to frame it is what kind of company do you want to build you know, or like with goal setting, individual goal setting, it's like, what kind of person do you want to become? Yeah. And then like the thing that I've been on the past few weeks has been like, start doing the things every single day that that person would be doing. Yeah. And that's like a really, really like game changing way to ground something into reality. Cause I feel like for me, that's the thing that's been missing for all these years that I've been studying, like law of attraction and uh, goal setting and visualization and stuff. Mm-hmm. I've been really, really heavy on the ethereal, like the the mental stuff. but Metaphysical? Ha- metaphysical stuff. You know, the – the it's all – like when you visualize something, it's still out there, you know? Mm-hmm. But when you do something, it's here, you know? Yeah. And the like you need all that visualization stuff to understand where you want to go. It's like – uh, like the song, like you want to, like you know that you want to create a Boneyverse style song mm-hmm. or you want to create a Kanye West style song. Yeah. That is like the visual visualization type stuff. That's mm-hmm. the dreaming, you know, that's doing all that stuff. But yeah. it only manifests in your life by you... doing it. Yeah. And it cannot happen any other way, you know? Uh-huh. Like, so you have to, but that's like the, both sides of the coin is you have to ha- you have to be able to see it you have to be able to see like what Visualize. you want like whether it be that song or that painting or the type of person or how I want to dress you have to be able to see that but then you actually actually you have to have the counterpart of that which is doing it and mm-hmm. like uh, that's like the obvious one but it's like so over you or mis misinterpreted almost misinterpreted because like. Yeah, Nike's throwing it in our faces. They're yeah. just like, just do it. They're right. <laughs> yeah. Just do yeah. it. Because, yeah, I definitely feel like I can relate with you in the sense of, like, getting so caught up in the idea yeah. of something. But being able to visualize and, like, become the person that does these things mm-hmm. and attracting it, manifesting it into your life. Yeah. By doing it. Yeah. And it's it's, like... It's just wild. Like, uh, I don't know. You see growth happen so quickly. Like, if you actually start doing something, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I just did my the first week of 75 Hard. And, like, it's like I start to feel that I am a runner, you know? I start mm. to feel that I'm, like, the type of person that goes to the gym every single day. I start to feel like the person that doesn't eat fast food. Yeah. Which – like that was my identity before was like, you know, I, I don't eat fast food all the time, but like, you know, I'll go to Taco Bell or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. 
But now it's like my identity is shifting, not because I just sat around and did affirmations, but because I just changed, stopped, you know? And like, but the thing is you have to like continually day in and day out do that. Mm -hmm. And, but like, you don't have to do that forever. Eventually clicks where your identity changes and you're just not that person. All of a sudden you wake up in the bed of a mansion. (laughs) Yeah. You just don't, it's not like you're forcing it anymore. Yeah. Power versus force. Force. (laughs) But, dude, that's such, like, a valuable, like, difference to understand. Because if you try and force everything in your life, you're probably not going to get those things through trying to force it. Or you're going to reap results that you weren't expecting or that may not necessarily be positive because of actions that you've made in a forceful manner mm-hmm. trying to force something you may get yourself in some trouble yeah trying to force something is like stealing a candy bar at the grocery store power is finessing a candy bar <laughs> power is in the finesse mm-hmm. so i was thinking about um collaboration and did you listen to the kids see ghosts album uh, a little bit. Dude, I feel like when I look at the future of how I want to attack the world of music, it is through projects like Kid Sea Ghosts. In a way where, and Travis Scott does it a lot too with like uh, Migos, where they'll create a brand, like a whole nother brand. It's like a baby yeah. from two artists. And they'll create this whole new brand. And every time Cuddy and Kanye are together, we can make some music. And what I think about is like, imagine having like six or seven different friends that, I'm just gonna call them friends, you know? But collaborators. Collaborators. And they're all specifically chosen for different reasons. Mm-hmm. One of them, drummer. One of them, wizard on the guitar. One of them, uh, is a singer. One of them is a rapper. One of them is a wizard on the keys, like so good at keys. And then another one is just like a straight up, just like a producer. And then rotating between working with each of those people and creating totally different projects with each of them that are like, you know, maybe on the one with the producer, all I'm doing is like rapping. All yeah. you hear on it from me is like words and vocal. With the singer, complete opposite role where all I am is the producer and it's letting their voice shine on that music. Uh, And, you know, different ones emphasize different types of music. If you make a, if you make music with a guitar versus a piano, you're going to get different chords, chord progressions, Mm -hmm. different sounds, different vibes, totally different vibes. And like, I don't know. I feel like what I love about music so much is, like why and why I want to like pursue more of it in the future is for collaborations, like working with other artists and like taking two unique perspectives and then creating something new, like something like super dope. And um, I just feel like that'd be so sick to like experiment or maybe like a string quartet, and then you just have like seven or eight totally different product projects Mm -hmm. that are called different things that have their own marketing plans their own whatever like and um totally just like different sounds and different like 
experiments. And I feel like it's almost like rapidly prototyping ba- bands or brands. Not It's not a band because I like the, like, two to three musician combo. Yeah. Like, I was listening to uh, 21 Pilots' most recent album the other day, and it's just two dudes that one of them is, like, you know, he's good on the keys and he sings, and the other one is strictly a drummer. And he maybe he, like, gives other ideas, but, like... His role is he's a drummer. And because of that unique relationship that they have, their music, one, has amazing drums. Mm. Like, some really, really high-quality drums. And that's how you get, like, individual things to shine is by bringing in an expert at that yeah, thing. You know, yeah. like, I'm only as good as I am at guitar, whereas there's some John Mayer out there yeah. who, like, his whole life, has been Whole life. and imagine if I could just collaborate with that dude and be like, "Yo, this is kind of the vibe I'm yeah. going for." And he just knocks it out, in and five then he minutes. just yeah, and then boom, you just pump it, yeah, pump it. <laughs> Wouldn't that be so fun though? Yeah, like just seeing what happens too. Out, I of mean, it. that's that's like what we were saying earlier. Like that's how you really get things done, whether it be in business, art, or whatever. Uh-huh. Is being able to bring in the people that know what they're doing. You know, yeah. Yeah, so, like, musical duos, I feel like, have really done really well, especially in the modern age. Like, Phineas and Billie Eilish. Yeah. Fantastic duo. They probably got some, like, engineer that helps them mix and master as well. Um, Drake and his producer, 40. Drake and 40. Like, Tyler and Tyler. Nah, just kidding. Because he produces all of his oh. own stuff. But I love to see Tyler collaborate with other artists where he's not even singing on it or rapping or anything where he'll just produce it. And you can tell it's Tyler because he's got his unique producing style, Uh dude. And style is one of my favorite things in the world of art. Being able to establish a style, identify a style, recreate your own style, blend your style from medium to medium, audio to visual. Like Tyler and golf it's not just like a sound style. He's got a fashion style. He's got an art style. He's got color palettes. He's got like an ethos around like his way of being, his yeah. lifestyle that gets portrayed through interviews and podcasts or whatever. And it creates the most like Tyler, the creator thing. You know, like when someone says, what does someone at Camp Flognaw look like? It's almost like a joke of being able to like identify <laughs> what someone's going to look like. Yeah. But that is such like a compliment to Tyler yeah. as an artist. Right. That his style can bleed through millions of people, resonate with millions of people, and he's consistent at it too. And that's also something too about like actual talented artists and musicians versus fads and clout chasers and dudes that are maybe in it just to cash out fat. And um, with artists like that that are, like, true artists to their crafts, trying to make the best music that they can and create their style and create their music, you can almost, if you just have an expectation of quality, maybe not not even an expectation of quality, but you can always expect, like, something dope out of them because they're learning and they're growing. Versus like one hit wonders who maybe, you know, found a lit beat online and made something that happened to pop off, but then they don't have the skill to keep it going, Yeah. but they maybe somehow finesse it. But like 
there's a video I got sent you send you of the dude from Twenty One Pilots. His name is Tyler Joseph, who's doing this like thirty minute live performance where he's just got like a piano, a beat pad, uh, you know, whatever, a couple instruments. And just like thirty minutes straight, he's like creating his songs, looping them in unique new ways mm-hmm. because he's like creating them on the spot. So they're slightly different from the recorded versions. And like being able to see him do that, I'm like, this man is a master of his craft. Yeah. Like and that's what I was gravitated towards with Rip Momney. When I saw Jack play piano and sing and perform, I'm like yeah, this music he's making right now is good, but like this dude as an artist, yeah. <laughs> you'll know who he is in a year, right? Five years, ten years, because he's not gonna stop. Yeah, he's at the very beginning and an explosive beginning too. Like, sky's the limit. Like, go Jack. Like, I'm yeah. I'm rooting for you uh-huh. <laughs> so hard on the sidelines. Yeah, because and at the like foundation of it, like mad talent. Yeah. Same with Drake. I watched that unscripted thing that you yeah. sent me of like Degrassi yeah. unscripted. I'm like, and you're able to see Drake, you know, like with his mom <laughs> and his grandma. Dude, it's crazy. Like you see, like a, he, uh, like the fundamental, like behind that vi- fundamental thing behind that video is you realize that he was just an average kid. He like, was an average kid, but he was also people were I like, mean, this was, dude's going. Yeah, yeah. They he's, knew like this kid's special. Well, that video that I sent you was uh, like. It was a like highlight from Degrassi, mm-hmm. like you know, and like when you're watching Disney Channel and they're like, "Let's check in with Ashley Tisdale to see what her hobbies are," you yeah. know, and it's like uh, she d- does horse riding or something. Uh-huh. Like that was what it was the equivalent of with uh, that video that I sent. It was like just one of those like teaser things that they were just like, "If you didn't know, Aubrey Graham is actually." He like he, he does, also makes yeah, music. He, yeah, also makes music. You know, let's check up on him. And they go down in a basement, and he's got like got all these ten notebooks. notebooks of, probably not gonna do anything. Yeah, with probably them. not gonna do anything with them. Like, like it was like, it was something that he was like pursuing on the side, but yeah. it was like something that he was super passionate about. Mm-hmm. But like you see that, like just in his like mannerisms, like you see that he's an average dude. And then, yeah. you know, he was like a teenager, just like uh-huh. whatever. Like he didn't have. He didn't have the confidence that he has now. He didn't have the Rolls Royce. He didn't have the Rolls Royce. He was in the like, Acura. Yeah. It was funny when he was like, you know, I just kind of stick it to the the Acura. I think the BMW and Mercedes kind of pretentious at times. But <laughs> it, if you got the money, you can do what you want. Yeah. It's just like, dude, it's crazy. Like how, like how life is where you're like, you can be that dude uh-huh. that says like, a Mercedes Benz is pretentious, but then in ten years you're that dude that's like Maybach, Rolls Royce, uh-huh. like that's wild. That within ten years you can go from one end of the spectrum to the other. It's like you're not even the same person anymore, bro. The Drakes of the world and the Tylers of the world are the ones that paint a picture of the future. That I'm like, that is a future. That is like a goal. So amazing. That it is worth failing for over and over and over again. I was thinking of the title of being a musician. Not just, you know, oh yeah, I make some music. But like, you make money and have a living off of music. Mm -hmm. Off of music. Mm -hmm. That is what it means to be a musician. That is like, 
an honor. Do you know how hard it is yeah, to make really a living hard. off of being a music a musician? Mm-hmm. And I feel like for me, like I I got so many things. I love creating in general. Like my happiness. I'm not even gonna necessarily attach my happiness to it because but like I it feels nothing feels better than fulfillment. making, you know, like an amazing video or like a dope photo. And it's not bound to one specific medium, but my heart is massively drawn towards the world of music because I think of being able to, you know, create an ecosystem, create a world. And part of that world that you're creating, that experience, visuals is a part of it. I feel like fashion, clothing is a part of it. Media is a part of it. But music is also a part of it. And it's like, do I want to trust rely on other like licensing music or make this world even more special by being able to create custom music for it. Even just like, you know, me as Mike Ritchie, my world, making this soundtrack Mm -hmm. for my world and being able to bump my music. Like, and with music too, like not, it's not about like the words necessarily. Some songs may be more of the poet in me that's like, but being able to create like a vibe, like yeah. the the set and setting, you know, yeah. and like an album that someone can shuffle or just play from top to bottom. That's just like a constant, you know, vibe. And I was even thinking of just like a premise of like, I feel like what ties like the difference between a single and like an album, like a project is one, like an idea that connects the songs within the album versus just like spur off one songs. And I was thinking of like a project that would be interesting where each song uh, is only uses one chord. Like you're only allowed, like using that parameter, being like, mm-hmm. okay, you can only use one one chord for this song, but you can use it how you however you want to, pluck it. You can uh, alternate. You can use whatever. Because I was just like fiddling around with different plucking patterns and coming up with totally different vibes, and I was like envisioning this like environment like what kind of environment am i in right now where i'm like listening to this like sometimes it felt like goofy it was kind of like oh like this feels like an adventure time type world where i'm walking over these like cotton candy hills and then there's uh lsp lumpy space princess flying around or whatever and trying to create like a a vibe Mm -hmm. Like, like an overall just like a vibe i feel like should be like a a goal for musicians, but taking on the perspective of like, okay, if I have like a a world like a um like, I mean Mike's Matrix kind of sprouted this like lane of thinking, but all the things that are within this ecosystem or this like universe, and collaborations is where it gets fun. Is like those episodes where uh, Timmy Turner and Jimmy Neutron are together. And fairly, fairly odd parents. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what it's like. It's like, yeah. And hopefully like our friend group, as we like evolve in this world, all of us going down our like paths of what we're creating. And then as we collaborate with each other are doing these like massive, like worlds colliding things where people are like, what? Crossover episodes. Yeah, crossover episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Be so sick. It almost makes me want to make like, two totally different shows just so that there can be a crossover just for the goal of crossing over well we're at 
an hour and 18 minutes and hey. I got to pee. Yeah, this is a lit pod. I was honestly, I get excited for recording podcasts, especially after it's been like a couple days. Yeah. And I'm, I've been ideas like, ideas are bubbling up again. Ideas are bubbling, but I feel like lately I've been feeling super creative. all right everybody it's been a lit time hanging out with you i hope you liked hanging out with us go cop some merch yeah tumblemill.co backslash shop depending on when you're listening to this there may be some new merch stay up to date hey peace peace